I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning about eclipse. Eclipse. Verse number 44, I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. Don't, don't stone me. Amen. It says, And now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness all, all the earth until the ninth hour. Somebody say, that's three hours. I went to Potosi, y'all. So I had to take a while to do that math. Some of y'all, some of y'all, it's a, it's a joke for me and Brother Davis. And, and Sister Valerie in the back. No, it was a, it's a great school. Potosi is a great school, I'm, and I'm happy to have been a part. Until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened. Everybody say darkened. And the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And so, it, so when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this man was a righteous man. Everybody knows he was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to the to that side everybody say that side seeing what had been done beat their breast and returned but all his acquaintances and the woman who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things the bible says that in verse number 45 then the sun was darkened uh Eli, do you have the King James Version? Somebody read that out of the King James Version for me. Verse number 45, if you will. Read that aloud. Brother Tim, read that aloud for me. Do you have the King James? All right. And so it, and it says, and the sun was darkened. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would give increase to your word. Lord, we thank you that not one jot or tittle will ever be changed, God, but everything shall come to pass. Lord, your word will accomplish what it set out to do. It will not return to us void. We thank you this morning, God, for the hearts of every believer, God, that you're going in right now, but with Holy Ghost surgery and breaking up the fallowed ground, Lord, so that the word could penetrate our hearts, Lord, and that it could be on fertile soil, God, that it would begin to bring increase. God, we don't have time, God, for a, for a long-term blessing. We don't have time. We're in the last minute of the last hours, God. We don't have time for, for, for long-term ministry to take place, but God, I pray an Amos 9.13 blessing on this place, God, that the plowman would overtake the reaper because, God, you would cause the word to bring instant fruit in our lives, God, that we would be forever changed from hearing your word today. Lord, we give you honor and praise. We thank you for the anointing in the house one more time. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. And amen. You could be seated if you're able to in the house. Hallelujah. Uh, the, I, I wanted to point out the scripture and talk to you about a time when there was an eclipse that is unparalleled in all of history. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you right now in the in the book of Luke that there is a record of a of a eclipse that had happened that was unparalleled to any other eclipse that that has before or will ever happen uh, it, even in the future there's a there was a great eclipse that happened and it was the greatest eclipse in the universe uh, the latest manuscripts of the book of Luke the latest manuscripts of the book of Luke in that verse number 45 use the phrase tohelio 
eklepontos. I'm sorry, they, uh, I, I said that in reverse. They use the phrase, they use the phrase eskotisis hohelios, which means the sun was darkened. That's the phrase. I, and I'll repeat it again as if I know Greek. Eskothesis hohelios, the sun was darkened. But the original and earlier phrase that was in this section of Luke was tohelio eklepontos, which is to say the sunlight failed or the sun was eclipsed. So this portion of the scripture was literally changed since it was written by scribes and it's assumed that it was changed because they thought there was an error made in the infallible word of God. Isn't that ironic? There, they, that they thought there was an error there. And so the original text, and we have those, the original text of Luke, to go back, the earlier text, they actually say that the sun lost it, that the light of the sun failed or that it was eclipsed. But the later writers said that the sun was darkened and they used a different phrase so as to better uh, make people understand what had happened that day when really what they were doing was they were saying that during the Passover, it's impossible during the Passover because uh, the how many of y'all know the Feast of Israel go basically on the schedule of the sun and the moon and and so that that during the time of the Passover it is impossible for there to be a solar eclipse and so scientifically that's an impossibility it, it happens uh, that during the Passover it's a full moon and in order for there to be an eclipse it has to be a new moon in order for that to take place and so they, they wanted to change the scripture and I find it funny that man has stepped in so many times and tried to correct the infallible word of God. Now, I'm not coming against the King James or anything like that. I'm talking about, I think it's funny that man has tried to step in and protect a God who was able at his hand to hold the sun still in the sky so that the people of God could win a battle. I think it's funny that we try to protect and save the integrity of a God who caused a 90-year-old woman to give birth to a baby when she began to laugh and say there's no way that God can do this and he said I don't think you know me for who I am let me explain to you that my name is El Shaddai God Almighty I have the ability to do whatever I want to you've known me to this point to be God Elohim the creator but I'm telling you on this day I am El Shaddai God Almighty I created this thing baby and I can do whatever I want to inside of it I'm telling you I don't know why we try to defend God scientifically When my God has the ability to just say, Son, turn to darkness, and it shall be done. Because at the mention of His Word, things begin to create. And at the mention of His Word, He can do... I don't need science to back up my God. I don't need men to defend a God who was able to split the Red Sea. I don't need them to tell me how a wind came in. And there's just the right cleft in the ground there. I watched a documentary one time about them talking about how the ground was just right in the Red Sea. And if a strong wind came from this certain direction, it was a gale force wind and it caused the sea. But that's not the picture that I have, brother love. I have a picture of God's mighty right hand. That when when Moses put that rod down in the water... 
it that the waters went two different directions. They didn't just get blown on by some natural, natural scientific wind, but it was the wind of the Holy Ghost that began to blow in that place. And he began to blow straight down from the heavens and the waters began to part. I don't need science uh, to tell me how that God did what he did. I don't need science to tell me that God made the sun be darkened by an eclipse on the day of the crucifixion because there was something powerful that God was trying to display in the spiritual world. There was something that, listen, I need, I need to tell you today that it was by no accident that the sun was darkened or by, that the sun light failed and that the sun was eclipsed, that it was written in the earlier text. I need to tell you this morning, but that, that, that was not by accident. We need to get back to this great eclipse. The questions that beg to be asked this morning are this. What did the eclipse mean back then? And what does it mean today? How many of y'all know we're getting ready to have an eclipse tomorrow? I believe God is prophetically speaking to his people through this eclipse, through the natural phenomena of this world, through the heavenly host, he begins to give us signs and wonders in the heavens. He, he shows us signs so that we will be aware of what's going on. This, clip, this eclipse that's getting ready to happen tomorrow is a, is a spiritual reminder of a certain situation. Amen. I want to explain it to you today. I heard this from the Lord. This isn't me speaking. I want you to know that God gave me this message. And so if you don't like what I have to say today, then just go ahead and take it up with God, okay? Amen. I need, for, for the answer of these two questions, I need you to look at this. Uh, he said, I, I told you on, on Tuesday, he said, look up the definition of the word eclipse. So for the answers to these two questions, we can go straight to the definition of the word eclipse. I had Eli put the, put the definition up, and this is Google's definition of the word eclipse. An obscuring of the light from one celestial body by the passage of another, let me just input the word there, another celestial body between it and the observer, or I like this last part, between it and its source of illumination. Let me break this down a little bit further so that we can see what God is trying to tell us in this eclipse. Celestial, I needed to look up that word. What does that word mean? Celestial. It, it, it Webster defines the word celestial as this. Of or relating to or suggesting heaven or divinity. That's Webster's de definition. Webster's second definition. That was first definition. Of or relating to or suggesting heaven or divinity. Second definition. Of or relating to the sky or the visible heavens. Okay, let's better understand the word light. Google says that light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Okay, Webster says light is something that makes vision possible. That's Webster's definition. Something that makes vision possible. Now, I like the biblical definition. I, I, to me, this is the simplest definition of light. And God saw the light and that it was good. Amen. So to me, this is the biblical definition of light. Light equals good. Dark equals bad. Amen. 
And I need you to understand one more word in this definition, obscuring or obscure. Again, looking at this definition, an obscuring of the light from one celestial body. And so obscuring, we need to look at that. And, And I just use Google's definition of this, to keep from being seen or to conceal is what obscure means. And so let's look at what happened on the day of the crucifixion through the eyes of this definition of an eclipse, okay? So let's look at this. God, a celestial body, the celestial body, amen? God, the God of this universe. God, the, the one who spoke the earth into existence. God, the, the, the supreme being, was the source of light. When he spoke, light became, amen? And light just was. As he said, let there be light, he didn't hang the sun in the sky just yet. He said, let there be light, and there was light that, that protruded out of his mouth at the speed of light, amen? And it began to light because he was the source of the light, because he is good, amen? He is everything that is good, and everything that is good comes from him, amen? And so God, that was the celestial being, was being obscured or concealed was being blocked by another celestial being. And whether you want to believe it or not, Satan was a celestial being. Satan, the Bible calls him the anointed cherub that covereth. O son of the morning. And and, and so Satan was obscuring or concealing the great light of the world. Let Let me put it to you another way. Jesus... The light of the world was hanging on a cross that day. And he was the light that was protruding into the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This son of man, son of God, Jesus was hanging on a cross and he was the light of the world. And for just a moment, there was darkness. There was another celestial being that got in the face of Jesus. And just for a moment, the Bible says that the earth became dark, that because there was no light in the world, all of a sudden the one who was the light in the world became obscured from our view. He became blocked. He became concealed by the darkness. I need you to understand that on the cross was not just a man dying. It wasn't just even God dying, but at, for a moment on the cross, there was a, a, a spot in the, in the spiritual world that the, the, the light was no longer able to shine and that darkness actually abounded for just a moment. The Bible says that there was three hours and I like how a lot of people read this wrong. It says that it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour and then in verse number 45 it says then the sun was darkened we like to think that it was utter darkness for those three hours but I'm coming to tell you that it wasn't it was three hours of God showing us that when there's darkness that's going to come over the land when there's darkness that's going to come into your life it does not just rush in and happen for just a moment but it creeps in and so there's darkness that began to make its way during the day of the crucifixion over the light of the world. And it was just for a few moments that there was an eclipse in the spiritual world uh, for all of the light was darkness turned into darkness. And I believe the words of Isaiah couldn't have rang more true than at that moment when he said, gross darkness, all the people. There was a gross darkness over all of the land.
plan for one moment, one inkling, Brother John Davis, one moment in time. It didn't have very much uh, uh, effect on our, 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 our time frame compared to eternity. It was just a few moments, maybe maybe just five minutes, Brother John. But, it, but there was a darkness that prevailed over light for just a few moments. Satan said, I got him. Satan said, the darkness has overcome the light. Finally, finally, I've concealed up the light that is in this world. I've, I've darkened it. I've stifled it. And the Bible says that there was a great earthquake and the earth began to shake. I believe that the earth began to shake because God, the light was gone out of it. And for, for just a few moments, Satan felt the effects of victory. But how many of y'all are glad that it was just for a moment? Because how many of y'all know that the Bible said the wages of sin is death? And at the moment when Jesus said it is finished and he gave up the ghost, all of a sudden what Satan thought was victory, his couple of minutes of victory of darkness over light were all of a sudden ended because death said, oh boy, I just made a mistake because the wages of sin is death. And this man knew no sin and this God knew no sin. And all of a sudden Jesus went down and stole the keys of death and hell away from that slew foot. He ministered to those in in the Abraham's bosom and he brought captivity captive amen and he then he ascended and on the third day he he rose up and he walked with men for 40 days um, amen and we know the story and then after 40 days he went in to he entered into the heavens and that's where we read in Psalms he walked up to the gates of heaven and he said spread wide O ye gates lift up your head O ye gates and be lifted up you everlasting door that the king of glory may come in and one angel said who is this king of glory he said the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle lift up your head O ye gates and be lifted up you everlasting door that the king of glory may come in I'm telling you darkness may have won a small battle for just a moment but it wasn't long before the light began to penetrate again through the darkness and the darkness again comprehended it not I'm thankful for him this morning for just a moment, God was showing us something in the Spirit. He was saying there's a, there's a day, and it's on this day, the day of crucifixion. I mean, to tell you, there were people prophesying for years, hundreds of years before that, of this one great and terrible day, of this day when Jesus would be hanging on a cross, when the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, would be hanging on a cross, and it would look like for the first time for, since the beginning that there was darkness that was over overtaking the light but it was just for a moment but it was just for a moment after that the Bible says that he spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it Amen. And I believe that this, that, that eclipse that happened that day, the, the, the reason that the sun that was in the sky became dark was to show you that in the spiritual world there was a darkness that was abounding for just a moment. I want to submit to you today that that same definition and that same thing that happened on Calvary is the same reason that we are going to have an eclipse tomorrow and that we are going to be able to see the eclipse. I believe that just as God said that every time you see a rainbow in the sky, you need to recognize that you need to remember that I'm making a promise with you. I'm telling you, I don't know what they've abused a rainbow into and what they've manipulated it into today, but every time I see a rainbow, I don't think of any other 10 letter uh, attribute 
attributes. I think about the promise that God made to his people that I won't destroy you again with a flood. I'm making a promise and it's a promise that I'll keep forever. So when I look at a rainbow, I don't see what this world calls it. I don't see what this, what this society wants to call it. I see a promise of God. And it's not only just the promise that I won't flood the earth. It's a promise that I'm, that I'm a God of my promises and that I can't return on my word. I'm not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. I remember that my God is a God of promise. And he said, listen, he said, if I write your name down in the Lamb's book of life, then you'll be with me in eternity. Amen. I'm thankful for a God that keeps his promises. But I'm telling you that today, that, this, that when we look up in the sky and there's moments when the sun gets blocked out by another celestial being, namely the moon, who has no source of light on its own, but wants to be maybe like the sun. Amen? I don't have time for that this morning. But blocks out the light. That we're going, and we're going to see it here in Springfield. We'll see a, a, a good portion, and if it's cloudy enough, it will turn into darkness tomorrow in the middle of the daylight. I believe God is sending a signal to America today. Sending a signal to America today. You see, the eclipse is a representative is is representative of the current state that America's in. You see, America, not just America, but the church has allowed for years, Brother Dave, we've allowed darkness to begin to creep in. There was three hours of darkness be, uh, 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 of, the, of the effects of an eclipse that were getting ready to happen on the day of crucifixion. It was a three-hour process. It wasn't full eclipse until just a few moments. The, uh, from what I've read, you know, and again, I don't need science, but from what I've read, uh, the, the eclipse can't last more than seven or eight minutes. But, but there's a, a leading up that's been happening in the spiritual world. There's a leading up to this eclipse, a darkness that's been trying to take over. And God is showing us a sign saying you need to recognize the darkness that you're allowing to creep in to this current world system to the to this current spiritual world and, and listen i'm telling you that i know that we can look out into the world and see all the negativity and we can see all the, uh, the uh, i'm going to just quote the old the old preachers they, this world is going to hell in a handbasket i'm telling you we can look and see that my fear is not for the world right now my fear is for the church because the church i'm telling you has lost it, it uh, he said when the when the enemy comes in like a flood that the spirit of God would raise up a standard. I look around and I see a church that has no standards in it anymore. I look around and I see a church that is allowing the darkness to cover up the light. Jesus said a very simple phrase. He said, you don't hide a light under a bushel. No, you let it shine. You set it up. He said, you're a city on a hill. You're not supposed to let your light be covered up, but you're supposed to let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. But we as the church have allowed the enemy to come in. And I'm not talking about the world right now. I'm talking about the church. We've allowed the enemy to come in and cause this light of ours to go dim. God is saying right now with this spiritual, uh, with this symbol in the natural that there's an eclipse. And it's causing problems. It's causing problems. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 3. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 3. Put that on the screen for me, Eli. 
Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. That word can be translated vision. What did I tell let's, let's look at that definition again of the word eclipse, the, uh, the definition of the word eclipse, an obscuring of the light from one celestial body by the passage of another celestial body between it and its observer, between it and its source of illumination. Again, examining the, the, the definition of the word light, Webster said, light is the thing that makes vision Possible. What am I trying to illustrate to you today? That in this current situation, I, I believe we find ourselves in a time just like the in, in Samuel uh, chapter number 3 where the word of the Lord is rare in these days, brother love. The real word of God is rare and there is no widespread vision, brother John. There's no vision for revival like you and I have. There's no vision for an awakening that is to take place in this current society. We've lost focus on the vision of God we don't have a vision Why don't? how do I know we don't have a vision I'm going to go ahead and preach on your toes this morning because if you had a vision for God you wouldn't act the kind of way that you act I'm telling you football is not important anymore when you've got a vision for God, fishing is not important anymore when you've got a vision for God, when the light is piercing the darkness, all of a sudden going out on the weekends is not important anymore, socializing is not important anymore Anymore. All of a sudden, the things that you like to do, shopping, is not important anymore. I don't need a new, a new dress or a new sports coat. I need to give into the kingdom because I got a vision for it. I need you to understand that if you, if you believe that you have a vision, if you have a vision, then you would have your actions pointing out that you have a vision. There's no widespread vision in the church. Why? Because there's a dimming that's taking place. It's a dimming. Listen, the enemy doesn't come in quickly. He comes in slowly and subtly. I'm telling you in your life, he comes in quick. He comes in slowly and subtly so you don't recognize it. And I'm telling you that the Bible says that without vision, men perish. Amen. And so the devil would like nothing more. Why did the sun become eclipsed that day? Why did Jesus be overshadowed by the evil that was Satan? on the day of the crucifixion because Satan knew at the core if I could stop the light there will be no vision and if there is no vision men will perish men will perish and I'm telling you if you let the, if you let the light be obscured in your life for too long you'll lose vision and without vision you will perish you will perish you'll perish and, 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 you, and you won't even recognize it coming I believe that for just a few moments that we have an absolute eclipse. There's going to be, back in our hometown, Brother John, it's going to be an absolute eclipse. Sister Valerie there in Steelville, it's going to be an absolute eclipse. For just a few moments, for seven, I think, seven or eight minutes. There's two minutes, two minutes. For two minutes, there's going to be an absolute eclipse. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter number 60 that... 
Chapter number 60, verse number 1, it says, Arise arise and shine, for your light has come. Thank you, Jesus. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And verse number 2 says, And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and the the deep darkness, or the Bible says gross darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. What am I telling you? That there's a, a there's an eclipse that's fixing to happen tomorrow but I'm telling you it is God speaking out a sign to us today saying don't let the darkness cover your light don't let the darkness cover your source don't let the darkness stop you from having a vision I'm showing you what is happening in the spiritual by something that's taking place in the natural there's a spiritual darkness that is coming over and it becomes at at the moment when the sun is completely eclipsed It will be assimilated to the time when Isaiah said gross darkness. What is gross darkness? It's when men do whatever they see right in their own eyes. As the days before the flood, that men did what they wanted to do, what they thought was right, what they thought was good to them. It's gross darkness, and we see it in the world, but we're beginning to see it in the church. And I'm telling you that it'll be gross darkness for just a few moments. But I I had to stop for a moment and say, what is... If this, uh, what if this darkness lasted longer? Because the reality is, though a natural eclipse can only happen for just a few moments, the eclipse of God's light in your life can happen for much longer. So I began to examine what would happen if you allowed your light to be obscured. If you allowed the source of your light to be obscured, this is what would happen if you had spiritual darkness in your life if if there was a prolonged eclipse scenario it's been it, it, scientifically they say that that you would lose 45 degrees celsius per day if there was something that could eclipse the light of the sun from the world and allow us to be and allow it to be darkened that in one day we would lose 45 degrees celsius in two days, 90 degrees Celsius. Within a week, we would be in a frozen wasteland. Within a week, we, it would be too cold to live. Because the darkness in your life equals the coldness. I'm only going to stay here for just a, just a second. But how do you know if, you're, if your light is being eclipsed? How do you know if God is being eclipsed by some power of the darkness in your life? Uh, you become spiritually cold. You become, you, you, all of a sudden, you, you're, not, you're not on fire with the power of the Holy Ghost anymore. There's a spiritual coldness inside of you. How, do you. how does that happen? Well, it happens because you let the light become obscured in your life. And before you know it, uh, just a day or two, Sister Minnie, and all of a sudden, death begins to sink in. All of a sudden, rigor mortis begins to sit in you can't do you your bones can't function you can't do the work of the ministry that you're called to do you can't do what God's calling you to do because of the coldness in your life I'm moving on for the sake of time it is it, the, the the scholar said people would die within a week and weeks at the most even if they found hot points what oh my goodness I could preach there for an hour if they found hot points they would still die what's that tell me if you've got the sun blocked out of your life you can go where there's Holy Ghost revival but if you don't let the light begin to shine in you if you go to the hot spots where God is moving you can go there and absolutely die a death of cold I'm telling you you can be right where the spirit of God is moving and still die from from 
frostbite because you've got to let the light begin to shine in you. Scientists say that photosynthesis would stop. Photosynthesis would stop. The food chain would die. What is photosynthesis? It's the way that nature reproduces. I'm telling you, if you get eclipsed by the, if you let your light get eclipsed, all of a sudden you begin to not be, bear any fruit. You begin to not be able to bear any life-sustaining fruit because you've been eclipsed, because you've been, you, you've allowed the light in your life to become darkened again. And, and all of these, I need you to understand that as I'm telling you these on a personal level, these are the things that are happening in the church. What has happened to the church? It's become a spiritual dark place. There are a few hot spots, but they're not enough. They're not enough to keep the overall church on fire for God. They, we need to let the light of God shine in all the church again. We need photos Synthesis. We need the light to, to allow life to begin and, and reproduction to begin. We're not producing disciples anymore. We're not producing young men and women of God. We're not, produce, we're, not, we're not causing young people to get on fire for God and let the light begin to shine. I feel this in my bones right now. We're not, we're not preaching and ministering to young people in a way to say there's a God who wants to set you on fire with the power of the Holy Ghost and He wants to get a fire shut up in your bones that you want, you want to try to not speak the word of God but you're not going to be able to because it's like fire in there and you're going to have to speak it out we're not reproducing why because there's an eclipse of the sun there's an eclipse the Bible uh, the, the scholars say that in just months the only thing that would be left on earth would be rocks the only thing left would be the rock. I'm telling you that the rock of my salvation, he's not moved by the systems of this world. He's not moved. He's not moved by your spiritual coldness. He's not moved by whether or not the church is for him or against him. I heard a preacher say it like this. For me to ask you to make Jesus the Lord of your life would be the most preposterous thing I could ever ask you to do. Because Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. Whether you love him, hate him, curse him, believe in him or not. The Bible says that at, he's Lord of lords and King of kings. That God's given him a name above every name. And it doesn't matter. He's still the rock of our salvation. He's still the rock. He was the rock uh, for the children of Israel. He's always going to be the rock. He's unmoved by us. And I'm telling you, he's the Lord of Lords, whether you like it or not. He will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Amen. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the only thing that would be left if there was a spiritual darkness is the rock. But that's not the way that God intends it. God intends for us to be the light. For us to reflect the light that is in him. I'm telling you today that the spiritual coldness is in the church and that there's spiritual coldness that's causing people to not be able to reproduce, but it's also in us individually. So the question that begged to be asked at that point is, are you cold in your spirit? Have you allowed the light of God to be eclipsed in your life? Have you noticed yourself spiritually dying? You won't, you, you won't be able to survive in a climate where the light doesn't shine. And more than that, you'll become spiritually starved because there's a lack of food. There's a lack of 
photosynthesis. There's a lack of ability to, to create the manna, to create the food that we need to survive and be sustained. Many of us walk in and out of churches week after week and we're spiritually starved. But it's not because the preacher is not preaching the word. It's not because the worship team isn't worshiping in the best way they are to their ability and under the anointing. It's because we've shut off the light. We've eclipsed the light. We've eclipsed the light from our life. So I began to, I began to ponder that thought. And I want to close with this this morning. That every single night, do you know, Sister Mindy, that every night there's a form of an eclipse? Because every night we go into darkness. Every night the, the, the earth spins in a way to turn away from the sun. And I got to thinking about that. We... God has given us an everyday reminder that it's within our power to turn away from the light, to turn away from our source. That, that in our night seasons, many times, many times, and I believe there are people here today that in your night season, the reason that you are going through this cold darkness is because you've simply turned away. You sent you, you just turned around. Anybody ever stood by a fire? Uh, deer season. I'm I'm up there against the campfire. You get you get crispy on front, and there's dark. There's there's cold in the darkness. Then you turn around and uh, uh, brother Dave, we've been there. You just stand. Everybody's all of a sudden. Everybody's like rotate, and then you start having a conversation. You know, and we're all just talking this way and we're kind of looking over side to side. Nobody wants to huddle in a group around you or they don't want you to obscure the light from them. Amen. That'll preach by itself. But uh, but they're like, you know, they're like, I want to get my source. And then after you get crispy on the back, then you turn around and, you know, and then it can sustain you for a while and you and you get crispy on the front again. We have the ability to turn away, to turn away, to turn away. And I believe that there are people on the sound of my voice that you've simply, you've allowed things to eclipse. But even more, some of you have simply just turned away. And I believe that tomorrow, do I believe that God is coming back tomorrow? Praise God, He could. Praise God, He can. He can do, he can do it. He's a sovereign God. I, I don't I don't get on the whole doomsday, you know, I'm not, that's just not me, you know, I just don't get on. God gave me a work to do that has nothing to do with, with, with what date he's coming back. He could come tomorrow, he could, but you know what, more importantly than that, when you drive out of this place, you could die. When you drive out of this place, somebody could T-bone you on the road, or you could, you could be texting and driving. You could be whatever you're doing, and you, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter if God's coming back tomorrow or not. But do I believe that he's coming tomorrow? The real, I'm going to go ahead and say it from the pulpit. The reality is I, I don't think so. I think this is a prophetic sign of what is happening in our spiritual climate. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to allow the light to shine. Because you know what? Because you know what? Because, because weeping may endure through the night. But joy cometh in the morning. Amen.
Because when the light begins to shine and when the darkness is over, when the nighttime is over, then all of a sudden the light of glory begins to shine. And go back to Isaiah chapter number 60, verse number 1, one more time for me, Elijah. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I don't know about you saints of God, but I want to say every morning in my life that I'm going to arise and shine. He, he didn't say, he didn't say God. Shine, he said. I want you to shine. He said, Arise and shine, for the your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. The glory of the Lord is upon you. What am I saying to you? If you'll stop letting an eclipse happen in your life, if you'll stop turning your back on God, all of a sudden the light will shine from heaven, and the glory of the Lord will be upon you. And I gotta tell you, the glory changes things in your life. The glory on your life will cause favor to come into your life. The glory of the Lord will make blessing come into your life. The glory of the Lord will change your mindset on things. And I'm telling you that the light is come. The light is come. Stand to your feet with me this morning.